Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. My name is Matomi, and I'm the Biscuit Community Manager for Asia Pacific and Japan. Welcome to today's Innovation as a New Novel session with us. We have our presenter, Vivian Cohen Lazarek, Head of Customer Business Development for HP Indigo. So, as Head of Customer Business Development for HP Indigo, Vivian works with HP Indigo print service providers and converters around the world to help create outstanding experiences for their customers. Her 20-year career in marketing spans a variety of roles in both strategy and go-to-market. So I'd like to welcome Vivian. Hello, Vivian. Hi, good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you, Motomi. Thank you. So Vivian, I'd like to trouble you to move on to the next slide as we walk everyone through the housekeeping rules. So just before we begin, um, I'd like to inform everyone that we will all be put on mute throughout this session. However, we want to hear from you. So please feel free to share your questions um, or comments using the Q&A window. Um, you know, we'll take a few breaks in between the session to take uh, any, any questions that may arise. And also, if you prefer, you know, to have a more engaging conversation with Vivian, please also use the raise hand option. I'll be in touch with you um, and also work on unmuting you where possible. And um, today's webinar will be recorded and made available on dscoop.com, you know, say within the next one to two weeks um, on the website. Um, for now, actually, we have a good news that besides following us on dscoop.com, you are able to also uh, connect with us on podcast. So using Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the apps that we use. So you can listen to some of the um, episodes that we have already recorded. And should you have any questions after this webinar, please send them to me at myoung at dscoop.org or email to us at hello at dscoop.org. So, um, yeah, I see Vivian has actually prepared um, a very, very good um, presentation for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Over to you, Vivian. Thank you. Thank you very much, Motomi. Um, I'm just looking at the chat here. I'm not sure whether all of you can see it, uh, but we have a lot of people from the Philippines, a few from Australia. I recognize some of the names. Good morning and shalom and hello to all of you. Um, it's great to see everybody coming together in this virtual forum. Um, right now we have 54, 55 people on the line, um, which is you know, a, a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. So thank you all for joining. A yep. few also, things. Also, I see people from uh, some members from India, from Indonesia. Uh, let me see yeah, from the Philippines. <laughs> Very nice. Welcome, welcome everyone. So it is oh from Japan. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you all for coming and thank you all for joining us. Um, I would like to encourage you to ask questions throughout the webinar. I want this to be less of a presentation and more of a conversation. And. Uh, I'll just uh, kick it off. One more thing that Motomi didn't mention in my bio, I tend to speak very, very fast. Um, that's in every language, not just English. So please, please, please let me know, raise your hand, message me or Motomi and let me know if something is not clear, okay? You've been warned. All right, let's get ready. So we titled this innovation as a new normal and I'm sure that by now you are kind of sick of the word new normal. But as we're all going through this, we really haven't found a better word. 
um, to, to define the current situation or the current waves of situations. But the one thing that we want to stress here is what we can do, what we can focus on, what is working for new people and encourage that sharing and encourage that collaboration so that we can all continue to navigate these waters together. So this is one of my favorite images. Um, I found this online. It's by a company, um, a design firm rather in Australia. And I think it captures perfectly the sentiment that I've had for most of 2020. I just wanna get rid of everything from March onwards. July, it's coming back, but I'm still debating whether or not to keep that. But everything else, I'm sure you share the sentiment of, let's just reboot 2020. But what I like the most about this is that they're actually capitalizing on the sentiment and selling these prints. And they sell for a hefty sum. Um, the retail price here in over there in Australia is uh, 40 dollars, 40 Australian dollars, which is quite nice um, for a poster. I think you'd agree. So this is a perfect merger of great design, knowing how to capture the current sentiment and capitalizing on this online. And of course, using, using uh, beautiful, beautiful print. So let us go back a little bit to March. I don't know when it happened to you, but for me, I remember it vividly. It wasn't Friday the 13th, it was Thursday the 12th of March, when this bolt of lightning, you know, finally happened after seeing all these clouds come in. And I realized that, oh my God, this is serious. We're going into lockdown, no schools as of the next day. We don't know what's happening with all of the events. For us here at HBN to go, it was pre-Drupa. We were actually expecting couple of thousand people to fly in over the next few weeks and it happened so so suddenly and of course looking back you know we understand the shock we got over it but now we can see it reflected in the graphs what you see on the right is the monthly u.s commercial printing shipments these are adjusted um, per year and per month as you know it's seasonal it's u.s but i think it's pretty um, telling of the rest of the world and what you can see in the um, red, in the blue line is actually that drop of shipments in April. And the statistics are only coming in, but it's not surprising. What we saw immediately after, of course, were all of these images of, okay, how do we regroup? How do we focus our resources in case, of course, we can go into the print shop and, and, and get some work and do something that helps, do something that matters. So we saw PSPs like Dugal in New York City, who were really, really at the epicenter of the COVID fight in, the, in, in New York City. Um, hundreds of workers producing over um, a million, sorry, half a million shields and donating them to workers uh, in the front lines. What you can see on the left is a modified version of that. F.V. Mercure, who's a folding carton uh, provider in, in France, they actually started donating those things and then they realized that they could actually sell those online. So they're personalized with names because it's not a one-time use. You can actually clean the visors, you can clean the shields, and it's great to know that you have your own and that you can continue using that. And they continue to sell those. Um, I believe the retail price is something like 25 euro for a box of five. Um, that was the, the going rate back then. So 
you know, that first stage, that bolt of lightning, let's regroup, let's see what we can do. Immediately, of course, we saw a lot of these applications. Now, what's going on in the rest of the world? I took another uh, country that was um, hard hit uh, in, the early, in the early waves, and this was Spain. This is actually something that comes from the offset world. It was published by Heidelberg, and this is how they saw it locally. So it's numbered in scales from zero to eight in commercial print uh, and by weeks. So you can see it starts at the left with week 12, in which they saw minor impact, five or six, and then it dropped very, very steeply to a major impact. That's the scale of zero one. Stayed there for a couple of weeks, slowly started climbing up, and then it's been maintained more or less. It is not at the level of where it was in Q2 and Q3 of last year, but it's stable, sometimes at reaching that level, sometimes a little bit below. And that really, um, I think, exemplifies what we've been seeing around the world. No, I don't have the exact numbers from HP, but from the latest that I saw, they're quite similar in the commercial space. Um, it's not the same level that we're seeing year over year. No, that's that's a given, but it's very different, um, but, but it's not a sharp you know, double digit drop and stay there. It's recovering and it's recovering very, very, very nicely. And it's also varying very much, not just by region, obviously, but by country and even regions within those countries, especially for the larger ones. So it's been ups and downs and the seesaw and here and there, but the overall trend, I have to say that it's, it's, it's up. And a lot of the things that, you know, after that initial wave came, of course had to do with COVID. All sorts of applications that, you know, instead of printing regular brochures for stores, it was informative brochures uh, on the virus and, and the posters and the leaflets and pamphlets and things that needed to get printed right away. So we saw a lot of those applications coming. We still see many of those around the world. Um, the ones that you see here are all from China, but we're seeing this all over the world, of course, according to the regulations that each country has. Now, labels and packaging, of course, is a completely different story. And you know, continuing with, with the same slides that, that I saw from, uh, from Heidelberg, um, they went from the top, which is a positive impact, okay, into, you know, around week 15, which is uh, mid-March, a sharp drop, you know, um, they, they, they didn't know what was happening, but then deemed essential enterprises going back up very, very quickly and maintaining that. We're seeing an increase in labels and packaging that's definitely what we're seeing here at Indigo, and it's being maintained. Um, Oran talked about it a couple of months ago, and it's still the trend, if not more. And of course, this has to do with, first and foremost, the need for essential equipment. So as more hand sanitizers get produced, of course, you need more labels. And as the need for speed increases, um, that's, of course, what, what uh, we're seeing. And, you know, this is just a handful of examples from customers around the world, in Asia, across the US, across Europe. I have to add that um, we also participated in that. Our customer experience center in Barcelona um, printed some labels for hand sanitizers um, themselves, helping fulfill an order um, that wasn't able to, to be done elsewhere by one of our customers. So it's all hands on deck. So again, this is the bolt of lightning. This is March. And then we start seeing what you know, okay, 
the, the reconvening of the masses, the reconvening of people and saying what is going to happen. So this is a poll done to the uh, Fortune 500 CEOs and a few things became clear. One, that it wasn't a two-week thing. It wasn't just the bolt of lightning and we're going back to normal. Um, this is having very, very impactful changes in the way our workforce behaves, not just the consumer. Are we working from home more? Is that something that will stay? Yes. A lot of people furloughed. Um, many people not returning to their jobs, although the total employment uh, is expected to, to go back to nearly normal um, in, in most industries um, between this year and next year. And the most important thing, um, in my view at least, is what is the impact that it'll have internally? Those are the things that you can control. The technological transformation that we're seeing within ourselves, and I'm talking about vendors and PSPs and converters, but also inside our customers is accelerating and it's expected to continue growing very, very fast. So it's not just clouds and the bolt of lightning, it's more like being stuck in a very, very long storm. Um, this is one of the renditions of Noah's Ark. Um, the image I think is also appropriate because it reflects at least how I felt. Um, we're lucky to have a home in which you know everybody can have their own space, but it's me and my husband and four children and enough tablets and computers to have to continue online lessons as much as possible, um, but very tight quarters. Um, so yes, we're navigating these waters together. Um, we're learning new roles that we didn't really know that we needed, both as business owners or employees, or as parents or as consumers. You know, we we need to figure it out as we go. Um, do we see the dry land at the end of the horizon? Yes. Sometimes it gets a little bit um, um, dimmed again by another cloud and another wave and another storm. But we're learning to navigate these things together. And when one takes that into account, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that slide in a second, but when, when, that, when one takes that into account, you know, we realize there is no map. You're, in, you're stuck in the middle of a storm in the ocean and there is no map. You're mapping things as you go. The old signposts that you had about growth and about industries and about hot areas and about things that, you know, plants that we had, that map does not exist anymore. But what we can use, um, and this is a different approach that comes from the world of, of design thinking is a compass. So if you have key principles that you can follow to navigate your way through instead of you know just reaching a map with a fixed endpoint but navigate your way through and allow yourself to time after time and after time adjust course according to the conditions maybe that's a better better approach so what we will um, try and tackle for the next 30 minutes um, is a series of uh, strategies three to, to be precise, um, that we've seen successful PSPs around the world use as their compass. Even if there's no map, you can use it as your compass. Um, one last thing before we dive into that, I really wanna stress the importance of doing this early. We saw in the last major crisis, which was you know the, the um, real estate, bust in 2008 and 2009, 
those two paths, the ones that were able to grow very quickly and the ones that were stagnant or declined, diverged very, very quickly. So it's a matter of acting fast, of realizing that we are in a different situation um, and that we need to take risks. You know, sounds counterproductive because everything that we want to do is right now is hunker down and, and, and just continue and, 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 you know, work very, very hard in, in whatever we know how to do. But we need to take risks um, in, and, in, and revise the way we, we do things and learn about these opportunities. So the first one, um, the first one is a big one. It's curiosity. Now, one of the most provocative and one of the most um, shared videos that we saw early in the outset of the pandemic was um, by Simon Sinek. He's a consultant, um, TED Talk speaker, thinker. He talks about everything from the purpose and start with why and motivation and organizational change. And he saw something um, online. He said something uh, in one of his, one of his talks with, with uh, his uh, followers. He said, these are not unprecedented times. You know, there's always been that change, whether it was the internet that completely upended everything um, in terms of transportation, in terms of how we buy books, in terms of how we communicate. You know, industries, change. Now, what's different about this, of course, is that it's more sudden. Yes, it's more shocking. Yes, but it's not unprecedented. So the idea is how are we going to do things differently and continuously ask those questions um, for you and, and, and for your business. Strongly recommend this. It's a, it's a, fast, it's a fascinating um, video. It's not a fancy TED talk. It's just you know a screen of him speaking on Zoom with um, some, some of the followers that he, he has online. And, and it's, it's an interesting take. So of course, yeah, the first thing is, what do we need in people right now, as even now the US president um, agrees to? Um, they need masks. So instead of buying the ones in bulk, we actually want to encourage people to wear them. Well, of course, this is, a, this is from one of our customers in the Philippines. And they launched their own um, site to print masks using Mosaic. Now, to make those patterns easily available, um, they're actually using um, the, the AI-generated patterns. We now have a new... Um, partnership with uh, with Microsoft in China and those are generated you know by computers uh, automatically and therefore you can use them freely um, these are some of the of the images and that's how they come off the press these are paper based they do have a filter inside though here's the next generation um, these are now being produced on non non-woven material this is on the sixth and they're by a customer in China. Um, they're actually offering this as a partnership. They're also using the same uh, automatically generated patterns so that you can uh, use them freely and based on mosaic, they're each unique. Um, but it's a nice idea, a variation on the surgical masks that, you know, the blue ones that all of us are wearing um, most of the time. Another variation, and this is new, uh, a KN95 mask, again, printed on Indigo. They're looking for partners. Um, this is uh, a special material that was developed in the US and they're looking for, for more partners to continue printing these on Indigo. 
and to and to um, you know if you want to uh, resell them or create orders in your area, I can put you in touch. Um, this is part of the Inno program, the innovation program in China um, with uh, some of our partners. And we can send you those details later if you are interested. But again, it takes that very, very basic ubiquitous piece of cloth or, um, or, or a disposable mask and makes it something unique, something different, because as we've all learned, these things are here to stay for a while. Something else that uh, we started seeing very quickly is, well, we've been on lockdown but we need to reopen. So uh, one of the things that we wanna do is help that reopening happen. And by the way, I see people raising their hands and asking questions. I'll, I'll stop briefly and, and we can open it up for questions. Um, but just, just to finish this idea of making reopening work. So yes, that's one of the first areas that PSPs went into. Now the idea is to tell the businesses and to guide them by the hand that's proving a lot more tricky than people um, than people thought because regulations, I don't know about your specific areas, but I can speak for Israel, they're constantly changing. The number of people allowed in a store, um, whether it's two meters, yes, that has been the rule, but I know that in different areas, it's less or more. And, and um, they need to be guided as to how to do that. So we know that now, these are two examples that I took from LinkedIn. Uh, one is from the UK. The other one is from Mexico. You can brand them. And it's very, very different. A very different experience when you go into a store or you go into a restaurant or you go into any space and see that branding reinforced, whether, you know, it, and it's pleasant and not when it's something, you know, very, very um, off the shelf. Yes, we're open kind of thing that, nobody really knows what to make of that. So um, we're seeing uh, targeted packages that people are sending to specific industries. One of them is hospitality and restaurants. So it can include anything you like, anything from, yes, we're open, um, because you need, to, you need to let people know, flyers, posters, guidelines, where to sit, where to stand. Um, some of them are printed in large formats, yes, but many of, of them are printed on Indigo. Um, restaurant menus. So one of the things that we saw when things started reopening, people do not want to use tablets for sure, and not even the, the reusable laminated menus. So it's one-time paper-based menus. For some of the establishments, the menus have completely changed also due to the regulations. So it's a different type of offering that they're having, um, sometimes more limited, sometimes limited only to outside seating or things that need less preparation. So they need to print those. Um, direct mail and vouchers, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later, but growing tremendously. So consider that as a package that you can offer um, these types of, of um, of spaces. Another space in which we anticipate a lot of disruption, of course, is education. Um, people are going back and forth. Are schools reopening, not reopening? Are they coming back from summer or in your case, often the winter break fully or not? A lot of catalogs, the direct mail, we saw a lot of with the graduation, the online diplomas and photo books opportunities, learning aids. Um, if you speak to teachers, learning aids are a big, big deal 
you know, with all my love for technology, there is no substitute for actually interacting with paper um, and to be able to, to have something in your room. And this, by the way, um, will change and will need, will need some guidance from people who can actually deliver things very, very quickly. So another interesting space to, to watch for. I'll stop for a second before we go into direct mail and check the Q&A if there's anything. Okay. Yes, we are receiving this uh, webinar, by the way. It is being recorded. Um, for those who missed the intro, we are recording this and it will be available on dscoop.com in, in a few days time. Also, if you would like a copy of these slides, I'll be more than happy to share that with you. Okay. One area that, um, you know, when people were making their plans for 2020, if they had to bet on the comeback of direct mail, I'm not sure how much they would have put their money there, but we're seeing that tremendously. It's actually two areas, specifically postcards. Um, it started with caring for the people in the front lines and sharing postcards and sending to their grandparents, but it's keeping up. So we're seeing that a lot, a lot um, in Europe, uh, in the UK mainly. Um, it's now surprised because it's usually a market that really uses postcards, but we're also seeing direct mail take off everywhere. Um, what you're seeing on the left is not related to COVID, but it's a wonderful campaign that I came across uh, in this year's Royal Mail Market Research ebook from the UK. It's free. I can also send you the PDF. It has examples of very, very creative campaigns. It's aimed at marketers so that they can know what is possible with direct mail. That campaign in New Zealand actually shredded cash from um, that was no longer in circulation. And instead of you know just sending it out for recycling, or uh, it was I, I'm not sure if it's paper-based or plastic-based or or, or um, incineration or whatever they do with it, they actually put it in plastic, wrapped it up, and said, "Hi, this is one thousand dollars. This is the amount of money that you're actually losing by not using um, direct mail." And you know the message came through. And yes, if you speak to advertising agencies, if you want to get people's attention. Well, yeah, TikTok is one way, but there is such thing as Zoom fatigue and screen fatigue, and especially with teenagers and with young people and older people and everybody basically um, stuck in the house. If you want to get somebody's attention, a lot of it, a lot of it comes through the mail and it stays and it works. So another area to continue exploring is the possibilities in direct mail. Of course, it's better when it's personalized, but it's something that, you know, marketers are actually looking at again and again um, these days. Two very creative applications that I came across. Um, one is from Israel, the one on the right. The other one is something that I heard secondhand. I'm not allowed to, to say who the converter is, who the printer is. Um, the first idea, of course, has to do with photo books. Now, photo books did go up. Okay, that's what we're hearing everywhere. Weddings, of course, crashing down. Those are not the photo books being put together, nor is it for, um, for travel, unfortunately, these, these days. But um, family projects, things that had been put off for years, crafts, going up. The second market, though, is corporations. So as corporations struggle to decide are we working from home permanently or not? 
can we continue doing that indefinitely? Can we go back to the office even? Because regulations you know, are changing all the time, but you don't wanna lose that ability to have a cohesive team and to have those um, joint projects that besides work, actually bind the team together. So one of the offerings from this um, photo provider was actually offering that to HR departments who have the budget and have the interest. So having that, instead of having that um, day outside in which you uh, do some uh, mingling and get to know each other, you can actually work on a project together um, using a photo album. So that's the one on the left. The one on the right is brand new. It happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Microsoft, the, they have a huge R&D center here in Israel, and they have, you know, all hands meetings here and there every quarter like we do, sometimes more, but once a year they have a very, very big event. This year, of course, they couldn't have that in person. So what they said was, well, let's send each and every employee a mystery box, and that's what they got through the mail. This is the one that you see on the right with the chain. Uh, it had a lock. And the key would only be given during the presentation. So it's a way of merging that virtual presentation, which is mediated by a screen, just like we are having one now, with something physical. It's, of course, you know, all sorts of printed things were inside, but it's, it's generating that buzz. It's generating that sense of connection through something tangible. Now, Really, really cool idea. Um, I took this image from one of the Facebook groups that was just discussing it because they found it um, so refreshing and 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 so so good. So it's definitely something that you can pitch to corporations. It's definitely something that you know you have always done that to target your customers. But if you're planning to do an event for your customers, if you're moving more things online, make sure that you can also add a print element that they get something tangible offline. And you know you can take it in different directions. Any questions so far? Okay, hold on, let me see the chat just to make sure that I have this. At this moment, I don't see any active question, but I think maybe um, the attendees actually are very interested in what they are seeing and probably will have more questions as we move along. Okay, thank you, Motomi. Yeah. Um, one last thing here in, in terms of curiosity, that first category. How do you support your team despite social distancing? So I'm sure many of you have seen this, but for those of you who haven't, this one comes from Australia. Personally, I'm not a rugby fan because I didn't grow up watching rugby. I'm a baseball fan, but this can work just as brilliantly with any sport. They opened up a site in which you would actually take a picture of yourself um, down to the waist and they would print it a life-size picture of you so that you would be able to be in the stands in the stadium supporting your team while they played to no audience because of the regulations so they actually did this um, for several weeks the the um, limitation on, on having um, the, the fans come actually into the stadium was lifted, thankfully, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, the, the mannequins are no longer needed, but we've seen this in Germany. We've seen this uh, now in, in Australia. The fast webbed print element is crucial 
These are not Indigo applications, although I don't see why not on the on the thirty thousand, by the way, um, or thick stock on the twelve thousand. Um, a really really good idea, a really really cool thing done in, of course, co cooperation with uh, the rugby association, um, the rugby league of of, uh, of Australia. Um, one crucial thing I, I need to say here is that one of the things that made this such a success for for uh, Ben in um, in in uh, Clark Murphy Print in Australia was his ability to go um, deep and go um, to roll up his sleeves and actually do the things. So he was the actual person putting, you know, his director of the company, but he was one of the people actually driving to the stadiums for two hours, three hours, and actually putting in the, the figurines. And that I think also says a lot about the attitude. It's not just the idea and the creativity and the ability to deliver that within, you know, uh, overnight or, or in a few hours, it's the ability to actually go and do things and do it end to end. Which takes us into the second of the big ideas that we're exploring here. And um, this has to do with the sense of connection, the sense of connection as individuals, but also the sense of connection that we have as businesses. That's what we do. We foster meaningful connections. That's what we do. We do it through print, wherever, whatever it is that you do in your applications. And I really, really like this quote. Um, it comes from two of the senior managers at Deloitte. Um, every year they put out um, a report of the main trends and they have pushing connection as one of the key things that define um, our generations. And by generations, I mean everybody from uh, the alphas under 10 these days up until the boomers. We're all seeking meaningful connections in our private lives, but also in our business lives. And what they say is that yes, our lives have been turned upside down, but the main things that talk about meaningful connections, the main uh, enablers of that, trust and purpose and human experience and participation and talent and agility, they all remain the same. So foster those, see where those are missing. That's another clue to things where you can be offering value. Um, that's from a business perspective, also from a consumer territory. This is um, some research that was done internally here at HP. We saw two major narratives, especially in the early days. The first thing we saw was a lot of celebration storytelling, um, going for the heroes. We'll see a, um, a little bit of um, a few examples from that. The other one was, well, let's take a look at the needs that people see in isolation. I'm on my own, I need to be capable, I need to take care of myself, I'm sheltering down, there's no borders. These were more in the earlier days, but you know, as we approach, unfortunately, new waves, we will probably see these re-emerging um, consumer trends continue. And these are the things that the brands and the organizations that you serve are thinking of. Um, one thing that clearly has to do with connections, especially um, for age groups that are in higher risk um, is the need for maintaining that connection remotely despite the limitations and actual visits. So women very, very quickly, there are PSP in Holland, they put up this website in which they could actually um, print placemats, you know, disposable placemats that they could actually use day in, day in and day out 
for their, um, their guests, for the people uh, living in old age homes. But they would have instead of, you know, the generic black and white, whatever it was, name of, of the, that chain of, um, of uh, uh, assisted living, they would have pictures, pictures of their loved ones. And that made a huge difference. This was done as a service. Um, but that made a, a huge difference. Of course, it put them at a very, very good place. Um, they were spoken about in the media, interviewed on TV. You know, it's a nice way of getting that attention to the other services that they provide by doing something that, you know, fosters that connection and, and makes something uh, and does good. Another age group, of course, um, a lot of the separations that took place were between grandparents and their grandchildren. So one of the things that um, they did in Belgium, Cartamundi, which is a big, big um, producer of games and especially playing cards, they partnered with Smart Photo and with others to produce personalized decks um, to, of cards for grandparents. And it could go either way. The grandchildren could send their grandparents or vice versa. A nice thing they could do together, play cards by Zoom, Google that. There's a lot of those going on. Um, a lot of the things that, that are done are around also games, at around entertainment, at around crafts, and especially useful if you can combine it with that sense of belonging and bringing people together. Um, speaking of bringing people together, um, Effie Berman, who's an extraordinary uh, PSV uh, based in London, they put together this just collaborative project to allow designers to showcase their work around positive things, love and connection, and that's what they call it. Um, that's actually their, their website, and that's actually their Instagram account, what you see here on the right. And hopefully one day, these will actually be printed and turned into an exhibition. So it's partly um, describing and capturing what we're living through now and preserving it for the future. It's partly highlighting the work of designers and good design. It's partly print, of course, um, but a nice side project that uh, really showcases the type of work that they're interested in, in, in continuing to do um, day in and day out. These examples um, have come from Brazil. Um, the first one came before the pandemic. It was uh, in the early days of March for International Women's Day. So they partnered with Hershey's to call, you know, the first, the first three letters of the brand name Hershey, they actually left and then they added something else, a photo or a drawing or an avatar of um, powerful, and by powerful, I mean a whole range of things, powerful women in Brazil, um, diversity, people who stand up for women's rights, um, people that, who, are, who are an example to others. So they call it her, she. Hershey campaign. Immediately after, though, um, that was a month later, we're thrown into the right of biggest steps of the pandemic. And one of the main things that came out of it was the Heroes campaign. So they changed their name. Um, just like Coca-Cola changed their name for Share a Coke, Hershey's changed their name to Heroes. It's exactly the same name in Spanish, Eroes, or exactly the same name in Portuguese in the case of Brazil. So it worked really, really well. And behind it, I don't know if you can actually see what it says, but it says medicos, medics, motoboys, which means the delivery people, 
um, porteros, the people who who um, take care of, of uh, buildings, um, people who bring, uh, you know, the mail, the post, um, nurses, enfermeros. So just pay, paying homage to these people. It was printed by uh, Camargo under 20,000, um, donated and given out to the actual heroes, um, but also a nice campaign that helped recognize the sign of the times. And we saw something similar also just recently in Barcelona. Um, they have their own version of Quick, um, the instant um, cocoa, and they call it Colacao. And instead of Colacao, again, they changed their name to Gracias, to thank you, recognizing all of the people who made it possible. So they also changed their image. If you can see, you know, the, the cocoa uh, harvesters on the original, but in the new one, you see a modernized um, cartoonish um, uh, thank you with the hearts to all of the delivery people and the, to the medics and the, to the people in the front lines. Um, last example in this um, space, a lot of things that you can continue to do through print that establish connections. So let me start with the one on the right. This was um, in China and it's, you know, famous dumplings, um, a, a, a traditional gift which cannot be given face-to-face -face these days. So they actually sent a sleeve printed on, I think, 10,000 or 12,000 personalized um, high-end product. They were selling these to corporations so that they could send to their customers or to high-end um, uh, customers, um, just direct uh, business to consumers so that they could share with their friends. So very, very nice campaign, very, very high quality. What you see here in the middle um, with the Israeli flag, that's actually my daughter. Very simple, arts and crafts, but what I ended up buying and wasn't printed on Indigo, I have to say, which was complete miss, um, but I ended up buying for an exorbitant amount of money, B2 sheets of coloring books. You know, have her sit for hours at a time, uh, my, my six-year-old, and color in um, those, those uh mandalas or in the in another case it was uh finding a maze here you can see the ice cream brilliant activity that uh you know kept her very very busy and the, and fostered a connection you could also order online and send to a friend etc so it's the little things um i've also seen something called a pandemic diary an especially produced book for that corporate gifts again as we saw so for the direct mail and for the um, HR departments can consider that, and uh, care packages galore. They're here to stay. Questions before we move into the last section? There is actually one question. Uh, yes. It's, it's, I think, related to the first part of your presentation. So this attendee is asking whether you could suggest uh, something about a kind of face mask to use during today's pandemic. Okay, so I, I'm not a medical professional, so I, I cannot make any medical um, suggestions here. But, um, you know, every country has their own regulations. I think that the WHO and, and in general just say a face mask. It doesn't matter the material, if it's made of an old T-shirt or if it is made of something else. But these are the ones that are mostly seen on the street. What we're seeing, though, is that need for people to stand out. So we're seeing some printed on textile that have, you know, funny mouths or beards or something. And we're also seeing a lot of 
um, capabilities with personalization. So the ones, the paper-based masks for, you know, just in and out of, of an office or for a visit or for a school, especially those that we showed from Glee, from Mito Printing in the Philippines that have a filter on them. Um, the new ideas that they're doing to print on materials similar to these, um, I can put you in touch if you're interested. Okay, thank, thank you, you for your question. Yes. I okay. see that's all for now. All right. Um, the last one, and I will speed through this one quickly because I know that we're approaching the top of the hour. Um, speed. That's that's crucial. Um, we are moving in a fast-paced world. We know that, but we need to move even faster, and that's not something intuitive in times in which we often forgot what day of the week it was. I don't know if you saw those memes, but it was like, what day is it? They all look the same. We need to move fast. We need to improve our capabilities. We need to look very, very quickly to into opportunities. If we need to improve something and to bring something else in, now is the time to do it. Because these are the times in which, you know, remember that graph at the beginning of the presentation, the two trajectories diverse, diverge, those that will make it and those that will actually either go down or just continue in the same path. These are times to actually act. Um, these are two different quotes from Vila Etiketten, uh, their customer that I really like, in, also based in, in Holland. And he said two things to us recently. One is that, yes, in the early years, they were in the early days of the pandemic, they were able to produce even more labels, okay, than in the previous quarter as they offset um, some reduction in volume by increasing in other applications. That's a given. But the ability to actually do that is not a given. The ability to actually move fast and, and be agile is not a given in this world. Because you're in digital, because you have an indigo, you understand that. But not all the brands understand that. And now is the ability to capture new markets and to prove the actual capabilities that you have in fast turnaround times and in shorter orders. That's, that's really, really important. The second quote is no less important, and it's how he was able to do that internally. It's not just the indigo, okay? It's not just about the press. It's the processes that you have there. It's the ability to move fast and maintain those teams. It's the ability to keep those operators um, knowledgeable and supported. It's the ability to work and make decisions and try new things. It's, it's, now, it's no less crucial. Um, this is an example that I saw yesterday. I, uh, it's, it's on the internet and it's on LinkedIn. So it's one of our customers, but because I didn't ask for permission, I actually hid their name. Okay. But they're actually saying to the, to their customers, hi, pre COVID, we used to have these open houses and we used to show you all of the, our equipment. And we're really looking forward to doing that again one day. And our challenge to you is to say, no, there's no one day. We don't know when one day is going to come. We have to move fast. Actually, um, I helped film one, one uh, short uh, segment that we did for one of our customers in the Caribbean. They had an open house last month in which they continued to invite the brands virtually because that's what you do. And you continue to do that. And we had, you know, Christian Menegon, our labels expert, uh, join in remotely from, from Belgium. And we had videos um, shown and they had things shown. 
you can continue doing that. It's a different way. It's a different world, but you can continue doing that. And, you know, the best example that I can share with you is what we have done. Um, is it perfect? No. But uh, back in March, when I shared that, you know, that bolt of lightning hit us and we realized that there might not be a pre-Drupa and later on that they, there would not be a Drupa this year. It's not like we're, you know, sitting and waiting and not sharing what the portfolio was. We quickly pivoted to three different uh, ways of sharing that online with uh, live broadcasts and Q&As and then a series of ongoing events. And what you're seeing here on the right um, is actually a series of demos that we're broadcasting from Israel. Uh, this is on the 100K press. I chose um, this picture because it's me, but we have a lot of presenters. And this is to say, well, yeah, we're now TV, no, we're not TV presenters. Um, we had to learn as we go. Um, we had to bring people in from different roles because we have one product manager and she cannot do everything. And you know what? It works. The feedback that we're getting from our customers, it's not like being here in Israel. There's nothing that we can do about that, but the ability to have a closed demo one-to-one -one, um, that actually comes into the press, that actually shows every single part, that actually um, enables interaction is crucial. So again, this is a challenge to you. How can you bring more of that experience that you're used to doing face-to-face, -face, that your sales teams are doing face-to-face? -face? Well, they can bring a lot of that faster online in other ways. And yeah, um, I love this cartoon because that's how we used to think. No, come on, video, it'll never work. We need to do everything in person. I'm in business development. I used to travel like crazy. We have to do everything in person. It's not scalable. And of course, then COVID came in and upended all of our thinking. So it's a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing in disguise because it absolutely forced us into new ways of thinking, into exploring things that we otherwise wouldn't have. And um, this is actually what McKinsey, continuing that quote from the beginning says, you know, speed is not just moving fast, doing more of the same, it's rethinking the ways in which you work, thinking fast about the ways you work. So in the ways in which you delegate um, and establish teams, in the way in which you empower your employees to make decisions, in the way in which you brain, uh, brainstorm between teams and maintain that in the ways in which you make partnerships with other PSPs or with brands or with other um, customers and do things together. So speed and agility are crucial here, but it's not just about continuing in the same trajectory. It's, it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, but again, the people who are able to do that have a much, much better chance of being much higher up later uh, when we recover fully from the pandemic. And what, speaking of recoveries, what are, what are those areas in which we can see the recovery? So again, it depends. We, we see a lot of, of positive impact and things where you would ex expect. We spoke about groceries and we spoke about hand sanitizer and we spoke about other things, but we also see um, some opportunities in other ways, some initially negative, but then they will recover. So restaurants and arts and entertainment and hospitality that we mentioned as targets, they need your hand to help them reopen as, as safely as possible um, and, and explore those, explore those. Um, again, I, I will send these slides and you can explore more of these um, at your leisure. Some of the things that we saw, of course, was uh, those mashups between um, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and 
card providers, you know, things that are moving online and then you can, oh, we can actually do a series offline and they actually sold. It started with a tweet, a funny tweet, and then it actually became a product. Um, and two of the other things that we're seeing now is trends uh, in the way people think and, and define themselves. So one of them is instead of beauty moving more into wellness. So we see a lot of beauty still, no worries, a lot of packaging, especially for eyes, less for lipstick for obvious reasons. More of us have more of our, um, our face uh, covered more, more of the time. But uh, a lot of it that has to do with inner wellness, with those trends of we're here and we're hunkering down. So a lot of demands for nutraceuticals, for vitamins, for supplements. Um, and that really happened very, very fast and it's continuing. The second thing that we saw and Kesa uh, also mentioned from, from Geostick is uh, a lot of the things that have to do with home improvement, with gardening, you know, those sachets or um, other um, equipment for gardening and seeds, paint labels, all of them have gone up a lot for him. And we see that also from other customers around the world. So explore areas that make sense um, in terms of what the needs are now. Um, and this is where, where, you know, Ben, who unfortunately couldn't be with us this morning, he had a um, family affair uh, at the very last minute. But this is where, you know, I, I hope I can make, um, uh, just I can do justice to another of his applications came in. He actually designed, not with Indigo, with his arch format, but he designed a desk, you know, after all of us are in this Noah's Ark uh, crowded in the dining room or in the playroom or wherever it is trying to work. Well, he has that problem. He also has four children. So he designed a desk within three days from initial concept to actually bolting out the first um, hundreds and thousands of orders. And they have been a major, major hit. Uh, it's recyclable, of course, because it's made of, of a carton. That fluid, it's uh, designed and improved. He has versions in which it has a, a map and it's in which he has colors. He has expanded it to castles and other playing equipment um, based on exactly the same idea. And just because of time, I will skip the video, but I promise you that I, I will send that to you. Um, it's finding what the needs are and targeting those and what works. So just before I, I leave you, uh, and maybe open it up if, if you can continue for, for more Q&A. Um, I will definitely share those slides. And I added some of the resources that we touched upon, some of them from the print industry, some of them not. Um, but I hope that they can illuminate and help generate ideas within your teams as to how else you can continue navigating um, with the new compass and the new rules that uh, we're seeing so far. So, um, so with this, I've spoken for almost an hour. and. <laughs> I, I will let you ask the questions. Well, certainly very engaging, Vivian. I, I have here um, not exactly questions, but some comments from uh, Thomas, our member in, in the Philippines. So he asked, um, Vivian, have you seen the initiative of Faces Behind Masks, where face stickers are donated to healthcare workers and hospitals to show their faces you know, to their patients? So he thinks this can soon be used for any customer facing frontliners, whether in restaurants, stores, um, schools and everywhere else. You know, I, I would love to see that. Um, for those of you who don't know Faces Behind Masks, um, it started in several countries, not just in Israel at, at the same time. And many of our customers are printing that. Um, now others 
have uh, gotten into the same bandwagon. But the idea is, you know, especially when people look like uh, aliens and they're treating patients and they couldn't really see who they were treating, who the doctor or nurse was, the idea was to actually print a sticker that they could just put on their uniform, uh, their scrubs, and then have many, many disposable ones that people could actually see that person smiling. And it made such a difference, you know, with their name. So I agree, Thomas, that uh, that doing that with other serving functions, with other with um, additional ones would be tremendous, um, not just in the medical establishment. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian. Um, another comment um, to thank you, you know, because they got uh, like a few ideas right away from this presentation that they could use almost immediately. Glad, glad that's the case. And, and really, this is not an exhaustive presentation. This is not everything that is out there. It's impossible to do that. But, you know, the idea is to continue generating these discussions. And here is where I really, really encourage you to do this at the local level, at the global level with, with DScoop, with ourselves. We, we're really, really um, happy to engage. Again, Zoom has brought us together in many ways just to have those sessions and share and try and report back um, because it's for the benefit of all of us. Okay, and I think that we are reaching the top of the hour, so I want to be mindful of your time. Um, there's a three question, very, very short survey that please, please, we would love for you to answer. Uh, and also, if you have additional questions, please send them to Motomi. Um, you can see the the addresses here on the screen or to myself, remind you of the DScoop hotline. Uh, we would love to continue helping through DScoop. Um, any technical questions you may have, I strongly encourage you to follow the DScoop podcast. I'm a subscriber myself. I really like it. Um, many of these sessions are also turned into a podcast. And to share with everybody um, in DScoop, um, I'm also a board member. I'd, I'd love to promote that as well more podcasts, more webcasts. What are you interested in hearing? What type of things are you um, looking to, to continue sharing? Well, Thank Tommy, you have very I, much. I <laughs> You've done the closing you. better than I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I have another member from India. He asked um, everyone here to check out projectsmiles.in. So I think it's oh. a similar concept to Faces Behind Masks. So it's called Project Smiles. Project Smiles? Okay, I look it. Mm. Thank you. So everyone, if you still have any questions that we didn't manage to capture, uh, please feel free to connect uh, with us as mentioned on the slide. And we hope you've enjoyed today's session. And uh, actually, I just would like to run one very quick poll to understand whether all of you would be keen um, to attend a session, a, a virtual session like this, featuring um, print service providers from across the region and understand how they, you know, they have done um, to pivot during this period. Just to know um, your level of interest, so then we can look at whether this is something to look at um, preparing for. So again, um, we will be happy to share the slides and of course the full recording will be available on dscoop.com. Continue attending these seminars, continue sharing your feedback. It's crucial for everybody. Um, we're happy that you attended and I personally want to thank you and uh, wish you a great rest of the day, wherever you are. And thank you, Motomi and everybody uh, at DScoop for organizing this. No, thank you. I think really thank you so much for putting together all this um, great and valuable 
ideas that you've been seeing across the globe um, that could benefit uh, our members across this region? So we have people who say absolutely they want to join, like the, the live panel discussion, and some they will just wait for the recording. So thank you uh, for giving your feedback. We look forward to see you again soon. And stay safe, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.